Hi, I'm Jillian, and you're listening to the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast, where each week you'll learn tools and actionable tips for improving your relationship with food, your body, and yourself so that eating can feel easier. If at any point you'd like to learn more about my coaching programs, download free resources to support your progress, or just see photos of my adorable dog, you can go to www.bitesize.es to learn more. Thank you so much for listening, and let's hop in to this week's episode. We are going to talk about self-confidence today, and the reason we are going to talk about self-confidence is because one of the things I hear the most commonly when I work with clients specifically around weight loss or body changes is this, I just know I'll be more confident when. And that might be when you hit your goal weight, when you build a certain amount of muscle, when you fit into a certain size pants. And I want to present to you five ways in this episode that you can build self-confidence even if your body doesn't ever look like you think your body should look. And the fact is, is you might be more confident when your body is smaller and you might also not be. And part of the reason why we often do feel more confident when we hit a goal is more about the reaching of the goal itself than what our bodies actually look like. And having our self-confidence be contingent on looking a certain way in the long term can be really, really damaging because our bodies are going to change for the rest of our lives. So let's talk about this concept of self-confidence as something you can build through your actions and through how you think rather than something that is a result of how you look. And I want to tell you a little bit of background about my experience with confidence because for a long time I had this belief that if I looked different, I would be more confident. My confidence would shine through and I would act differently around people. And the fact is, That was true for a very long time because I gauged my self-worth and my value around what I looked like. And so actually, it's really the opposite. As we build self-confidence, we start to become more comfortable in our bodies and feel more at home in the way we move through the world. And so we're going to talk about these five ways that you can build self-confidence. And I want to tell you a little bit about when I first moved to Barcelona, because I think that this is important for the conversation. So I first moved to Barcelona, I didn't know really anyone and my self-confidence was very low. I didn't feel comfortable in new situations and I was actually quite nervous to make new friends. My brain sort of went to, if I was more attractive, more people would wanna talk to me. I would be more popular and then I would feel more confident. And for me, this lack of self-confidence tied really closely into the way that I ate. So strangely, even though the belief was, if I'm better looking, I'll be more confident. And so in my head, I was like, well, I need to lose some weight. I still turned to food to distract me from the fact that I was often at home alone on a Friday night. And I remember one party I went to in particular. This was a couple years after I got to Barcelona. And I was still feeling pretty kind of lonely and insecure in many ways. I got to this party and I walked in and I started comparing myself immediately to all of the stylish, skinny girls that I saw there. Of course, my brain just selectively refused to see that there were many different body shapes. I focused on the ones that I compared myself to. Myself to. And my self-confidence immediately shrank to the size of a mouse. And what happened was to distract myself from this feeling of discomfort, I went right to the food table and started snacking on like chips and guac and all kinds of things over there to sort of distract me from the fact that I didn't feel confident enough to talk to anyone. 
So I left the party feeling more insecure than ever. And on the way home, I was like, well, I'm going to get some ice cream and that'll help me feel better. And I remember as I finished off the ice cream, I was sitting there thinking about, well, it's okay. Tomorrow I'll get back on track. And I did a little bit of mental math to figure out how to make up for the extra calories. And so I was stuck in this sort of feedback loop of like wanting self-confidence, that self-confidence coming from my body looking smaller, the insecurity leading to eating more, but also feeling like I needed to control what I ate. And starting to separate self-confidence from my appearance was a big component in improving my relationship with food. For a long time, there were two things that influenced how I felt about myself on a daily basis and how I interacted with the world. And one was seeing the number on the scale influenced how I felt each day about my body and influenced the way that I carried myself. And the second one was going somewhere or walking in somewhere and noticing either how people looked at me or how or what people commented on my appearance. So if I got a positive comment about what my body looked like, in my head I was like, oh, I must look good today. And so I would carry myself differently. I would carry myself with more confidence. But anytime that didn't happen, which is pretty common, not can't expect someone to comment on your looks every single day. Anytime that didn't happen in my head, I was like, no one's commenting on my looks because I clearly don't look good. And so we're going to talk today about what self-confidence actually is and how to build that confidence regardless of how much you weigh, what size pants you wear, your appearance, et cetera, et cetera. And so the psychology dictionary online defines self-confidence as an individual's trust in his or her own abilities, capacities, and judgments, and belief that they can successfully face day-to-day challenges and demands. And there is a reciprocal relationship between improved body image and higher self-confidence and self-esteem. And you may notice this, for example, when you feel better about your body, let's say you wake up and you like how you look you might find it easier to eat more nutritious food, feel more motivated to exercise or practice other forms of self-care. And when you feel confident and you do these things, that in turn feeds you feeling better about your body. So how do we start hacking this so we can actually develop it ourselves instead of depending on waking up in the morning and knowing, you know, we know that if we wake up and we got a bad night's sleep, it's a lot more likely that we're going to look in the mirror and our emotions and how we feel is going to dictate that I don't feel as confident in my body. But there's a a big problem here. Over the years, a lot of us have created a transactional relationship around food, exercise, and appearance. And that transactional relationship sounds like this. If I eat this and do this much exercise, I should end up looking like this and then I will feel like this. But here's the trouble. Bodies are going to change over time whether we like it or not. And so if you are only confident when you weigh X or when you look like X, what happens when life changes, life stuff happens, life gets in the way, or simply just time passes and your body changes? So you may continue to eat a certain way and exercise a certain way and your body may still change. And research strongly suggests that a positive body image is related to a higher self-esteem and higher self-confidence. But the mechanism by which we often work towards that positive body image is, these are not scientifically backed words, these are my words, it's fucked up. And why is it fucked up? There's a few different reasons. One is that the cultural narrative around bodies and what constitutes a quote-unquote good body is based on standards that only a very small percentage of us can ever actually achieve. 
And while, yes, some bodies fit easily into that standard simply because of their genetics, there are so, so, so many of us that spend endless time, energy, money, etc., to try to mold our bodies to fit into what is an ever-changing target. The body standard in the time that I have been alive as a millennial has changed so many times. And so when we are constantly chasing this moving target to reach a certain level of self-confidence, we are always going to be running and trying to reach this thing that is constantly changing. And so the second reason why this whole mechanism is messed up is because body image, so what we think we look like and what we perceive about our bodies, is not actually the fact of what our bodies look like. And so perception, or what we interpret as this is my body image, is constantly changing. Perception changes based on emotions, circumstances, the weather, daylight savings time, how your boss talked to you at work yesterday, if you pooped today, if you've had sex, if you're happy with your partner, if you had a good date last night. So many factors play into our perception of our bodies. I want you to stop and think about it. On a day where you wake up, you've had a restful night's sleep, you wake up in a good mood, how do you feel about your body? However, Think about a morning where you wake up late, you don't poop, and maybe you squeeze yourself into a skirt that doesn't fit and you're rushing off to a meeting. How do you feel about your body then? And then the third reason why this whole mechanism is messed up is because thinness is equated with health, discipline, willpower, motivation, and beauty. But referring back to my first point, many thin people are thin simply because they are genetically predisposed to be in a smaller body. And while yes, excess body fat can contribute to potential health issues, so can not enough body fat. We do not, as of right now, have a direct causation between excess body fat and specific health issues. We have correlation, but not causation. And both ends of the spectrum are just as problematic. Yes, someone with a lot of excess body fat may have certain health issues, whereas someone with not enough body fat may have other health issues, but both ends of that spectrum are problematic for our health. And the levels of body fat that someone possesses, it cannot be an accurate measure of their health, their discipline, their willpower, their motivation, or their beauty. This is something both in my own life and with the many clients I've worked with over the years, I have worked with and still work with clients who are in naturally larger bodies, and they are much healthier both by blood markers and overall fitness levels than individuals that I've worked with that are in much smaller bodies. And so this transactional relationship between what my body looks like makes me a better person, that mechanism needs to be broken down and we need to actually reject it in order to build up our self-confidence. And so two things are true. Our body image is a huge influence on our self-confidence and self-esteem. And our capacity for self-confidence and self-esteem is affected by negative body image. So what do we do to improve our body image so that we can have higher self-confidence and also, on the the flip side, how do we work on self-confidence with the uh, byproduct of improving your body image? So let's jump in to five ways you can do this. The first one is to learn how to take actions that align with your core values. Think of your core values like your North Star. These are the guiding principles by which you internally choose to want to live by. 
often the struggle with this is we simply are not bringing attention or awareness to what our core values are. And this is why it's such a a core part of the coaching that I do is because we can look at are you eating and moving and living in a way that aligns with the things that you hold most important to you? And any coaching program, so the Confident Eater, at the very beginning, before we jump into like understanding how to eat without rules, understanding and practicing mindful eating, we understand what are your core values. And there's a simple way that I really like for starting to get curious and understand your core values. When I was studying acceptance and commitment therapy, there was a simple question in the curriculum that I, so it's a little morbid, but imagine that today you die and then you get to come back to watch over your funeral. How would you like your friends and family to describe you? So for example, I would love to be described as a great friend, as fun, funny, and curious about the world. And my core values happen to be connection, creativity, freedom, and curiosity. These are not the only things that are important to me, but these are sort of the key principles by which I choose to sort of guide my decisions and my actions in the world. A big part of starting to improve self-confidence was realizing that I wasn't taking actions regularly that aligned with those values. So first I had to bring awareness of what those values were, and then I had to do a little bit of like an action and decision audit. While I still do a lot of the things that I used to participate in when my self-confidence was low, the ratio of time I spend on those things has changed. So for example, when my self-confidence was really low, I spent a lot of time planning the food, thinking about food, uh, feeling, you know, overthinking what I was eating. I spent a lot of time in the gym and thinking about my workouts and a lot of time thinking about my body and picking my body apart. Now, I still think about food. I still plan a little bit of like, oh, I'm going to eat this for lunch or this for dinner. And I still go to the gym. But it takes up a lot less space in my brain because all of the other things I do in the in a day have taken precedence. And so this thing, thinking about food and working out that used to stress me out, no longer stresses me out because I am taking actions that align with my core values and that build self-confidence outside of food, my body, and exercise. And so you can go over your last couple of weeks in your head. What actions have you taken that align with your core values and what actions do you take regularly that don't align with those values? And so in the last cohort of The Confident Eater, for example, one of my clients identified that freedom was a core value for her, but she had been very strictly tracking macros and aiming for fat loss for a long time. And she kept tripping herself up and she realized through this values identification that this approach was actually moving her away from freedom. And so in shifting the choices that she made and aligning more of her actions with that freedom, her self-confidence skyrocketed because she felt like she was acting in alignment with who she truly wanted to be. The second tip for improving self-confidence is to increase your sense of belonging. And I want to explain this because Brene Brown, who you've heard me talk about before, talks about belonging and fitting in as being sort of opposite ends of the spectrum. This might be confusing because we think about fitting in as how do I fit into the larger community? How do I feel like I can be a part of this group, right? But belonging is not trying to get there. Belonging is knowing that you already do. And this is tough because for me, I felt pretty much all my life that I don't fit in. But the more that I started developing the things that truly 
lit me up and I was excited about, the more I started to find communities, people, and experiences that aligned with my interests. And so I felt like I belonged. I felt like I belonged to my own skin rather than trying to fit into an outside group. And so think of fitting in kind of like wearing a trendy outfit that doesn't quite fit. It might go along with the social norms and it it kind of feels like exciting and it's going to get you there, right? But it doesn't feel quite right on your body and you probably can't fully relax when you're wearing it. And so part of belonging is letting it be okay that you explore new avenues or new hobbies that feel like they align with those core values. And think about when in your life you might have felt like you belong, you might have felt at ease, you might have felt that feeling of like being at home. And think about what you're doing, who you're with, what's happening around you. And these are the moments that you probably also feel the most confident. Because in those moments, there's no doubt about if you're capable, if you trust yourself, because you feel at peace. The third tip that I have for you is to be attentive to your body's needs. And body image is really tricky because we live in our bodies. And so what we do takes place from or within our physical body. So we can't say like appearance is not important at all, but we are often very disconnected from our internal world because we're focused on how we present ourselves externally. We want to shift appearance sort of farther down the list of important things and move that internal experience higher up on the list. That internal experience includes everything from respecting hunger and feeding our bodies enough food to be satisfied to noticing our body sensations like pain, sexual desire, joy. And this takes both mindfulness, so being present in our bodies, and also education to understand what are the actions that I can take and how do I understand how my body works. And you're going to need to break some of the rules you've collected over the years around exercise and eating. For example, aiming to eat 1,200 calories a day or working out seven days a week is not being attentive to your body's need. On the other end of the spectrum, playing, paying no attention to what you put in your body and never doing any type of exercise is also neglecting your body's needs. So start with the basics. Are you feeding yourself regularly, food that nourishes you physically and fits your preferences? Are you moving in a way that supports your health and that you enjoy doing? Do you prioritize rest and sleep and also offer yourself enough space that you need in order to get enough of both of those things? Think about this part of building self-confidence as a way to become friends with your physical body and having a compassionate coach, trainer, therapist, dietitian, et cetera, can be a really key component in learning how to do this on a regular basis. Number four is to work on body appreciation and functionality. So we established in the last tip is your body does not solely exist to be looked at. However, you might be approaching your days with higher confidence based on how you think you look. And body appreciation and body functionality contribute to a more positive body image and what we like to call body image flexibility. So knowing that like some days I'm not going to like how I look, but that doesn't take away from my ability to move through the world confidently. Think about all of the incredible things your body does for you. Right this second, as you listen to this, your body is pumping blood to all of your extremities. Your ears are listening to this podcast. Your brain is processing what I'm saying. Your body got you out of bed today and it holds all of your organs in this like incredible skin pouch. You can walk because you know that all of your neurons are firing and your muscles and bones work together to make that happen. 
So you can turn this into a practice by setting aside a minute or two each day to acknowledge your body's functions and practice gratitude for them. Physical practice of being attentive to your body's needs plays in here as well. So take actions that illustrate to your body that you appreciate it. For example, right now on a day where you don't look like you don't like how you look or maybe you feel fat, you might try to hide your body or you might end up treating it with disrespect. Maybe you overtrain or maybe you undereat or maybe you pinch your belly fat. Show your body you appreciate it by treating it with care, especially in the moments when you need it the most. And start creating the mental association between I care for my body and my body deserves care. The last one is to build your practice of self-compassion. And all of my perfectionist, gotta push myself harder people out there, if you're getting ready to turn your brain out, please do not do that. And I will tell you why self-compassion is so important. And this is because self-confidence includes trust in your capacities, abilities, and judgments. And each time you beat yourself up for not being perfect, you're basically saying, I don't trust you. And here's an example I used on a client call this week with a client who kind of feels like a failure anytime they choose a less healthy meal over a healthier one. And I asked them to think about someone they really, really care about. And for this client, it was their daughter. And I asked, how would you encourage your daughter to value their well-being? How would you encourage your daughter to eat food that nourished her body? Would you tell her that she better choose the healthier choice or she'll never look good? Would you call her a failure if she decided to order a burger instead of a salad? No. You would probably educate her on nutritious food and then you would empower and trust in her to develop her own decision-making skills. And you would also help her understand what the potential consequences of each decision are, right? And you would do all of that without calling her names or insulting her. You would want to help someone you love become good at decision-making by building up their confidence. And so I want you to stop pretending that compassion works for everyone except for you. Notice how you speak to yourself and use your language to build up your confidence. You're really good at using your language to break yourself down. And I know you are capable of the opposite. And so we've made it through five key steps for boosting self-confidence. And I want to finish off with like a lightning round of actionable tips to get your confidence juices flowing. And building confidence and trust in your ability to make choices about what and how you eat and how you interact with your body is exactly what you're going to do in The Confident Eater, which is my group coaching program. Building confidence in your ability to say, hell yes, let's go out to dinner. And knowing that you can go and make intentional choices about how you eat, how much you eat, how you interact at that dinner means you can think about food less and engage with the world more. And The Confident Eater will teach you skills to understand how you think about food so you can make intentional choices on how you would like to react. Instead of reacting impulsively, you can start to respond. If you find that you often rebel against yourself when it comes to food, you tell yourself to do one thing and then you do the other, the confident eater is going to help you start trusting yourself to be able to sit down at a table with chips and salsa on it without feeling like you have to sit on your hands to keep yourself from eating them all. And I think back on how many incredible experiences and connections I missed out on or didn't value because I was so focused on being as perfect as possible with food and my appearance. And that came from a lack of confidence in my own judgment. And so if you do want to be someone that continues to value healthy eating, but you also wish you could relax a little bit, I know that you can build self-confidence around food and feel more comfortable in your body. I'm telling you this as someone that has done it, that has gone from this person that felt like if I wasn't 
fully in control. I was just going to overeat and then feel terrible about myself. And also as someone that's coached clients to do it. I can't wait to hear what your next move is towards self-confidence after you listen to this episode. And I do have a free workshop in the show notes that can help you start along that path. It's www.bitesize.ck.page slash confident. If you tap on the show notes um, below where you found this episode, you'll be able to download that as, as well. Let's talk about the actionable tips. Lightning round, 10 tips that you can either choose to do or not do. So the first one is write out a list of things you like about yourself and remind yourself of those things more regularly. I read an article this morning where it was like one of the guys from Queer Eye for the Straight, Queer, I don't know how, I don't know what the name of that is, Queer Eye, anyways, he, every morning when he's brushing his teeth, he goes through in his head qualities, abilities, things about himself that he likes that have nothing to do with appearance. And he attributes his self-confidence to this. And so definitely one that I recommend. Another one is to start expanding your your comfort zone in a way that is intentional and strategic. So instead of just like throwing yourself out of a plane, choose a skill, hobby, or activity that you have been wanting to try and commit to signing yourself up. You might even ask someone to go with you if you're like, "Mm, I feel like I will be a little bit more confident trying this if I have a support person. Totally get that. The next tip is define what confidence actually looks like to you. If you had the identity of a confident person, what would you do? What would you say to yourself? How would you carry yourself when you walked into a room? This one I got from Mel Robbins, who's a motivational speaker. You can Google her. She has a bunch of TED Talks. Uh, She calls it her, I think she calls it her power pose. You can stand in front of the mirror, stand tall, draw yourself up to your full height, open up your chest and smile to yourself. This is a physical action that can sort of like feedback loop into your brain. The next one is to eat regular meals. And part of this is because being hangry, tired, or moody because you're hungry isn't great for feeling like your best self. This is one I learned from a therapist. The next time you notice yourself sort of like shrinking or feeling insecure in a situation and you notice the thoughts that go along with that, ask yourself, what if the opposite were true? And I did this. I remember telling myself, these people don't like me. And asking myself, what if the opposite were true changed how I was able to approach the situation. The next one is... Get rid of clothing that doesn't feel good when you wear it. Donate it, trade it, get rid of it. Do not have clothes around that remind you of what you are not. Have clothes around that remind you of how awesome you are. The next one is to start narrowing down your core values. So you can DM me on Instagram and I will share an exercise. Uh, Well, it's part of an exercise from The Confident Eater. And if you choose to join me in coaching, you will get a full sort of worksheet to walk you through this and coaching around how to make decisions that align with those values. The last two, schedule time in your calendar specifically for you. Plan a date with yourself on purpose and not in a sort of like, I don't have anyone to hang out with kind of way, but in a, this is me time that I'm going to dedicate to myself. And the last one is to make a body appreciation list. This can be a list of activities, actions, or reminders that can bring attention to the appreciation of your body, whether it is body functionality, uh, gratitude for parts of your body, um, things that you physically like about yourself, remind yourself of those things. I'm going to wrap up here. Working on self-confidence when it comes to eating skills in your relationship with food is the basis and focus for the confident eater. And you can get started working on that confidence around food and shifting your mindset with the Overcoming the Mindset Block that Prevents You from Food Freedom Workshop. You can find that link in the bio uh, in – that link in the bio, sorry. Link in my show notes. 
And this is also a great way to, to look, dip into some of the topics that we cover in TCE. So you'll get a sneak peek of some of the big skills that we work on to help you learn how to eat without rules and become a more mindful eater. Please share, rate, and review. Pass it on to someone you think might need to hear this that might need to build some self-confidence. And I love your feedback. So please let me know how you like this episode. And let me know if you have any requests for future episodes. And I will see you again next week.